Hello, folks, and welcome on into another edition of the Gang Does Fantasy Podcast. I'm Taylor Wilson, a.k.a. Falcoholics Anonymous, fresh off of, that's right, a dub. The rise begins, as the Falcons say, rise up. We are rising, taking down the best team in the league here coming up this week. Get ready, Dan. It's happening. But Dan's not on the podcast with me, as always. Instead, it's the commish, the big dog himself, La Pantera. Reed Foster, a.k.a. Yves Saint Laurent. Reed, how are we doing today? I uh, would be doing a lot better if I was also coming off a win. It was a pretty pretty big loss for me and probably the biggest game of the season for me, even with the rivalry week. Uh, you know, trying to go for first place in the division. So now I'm one game back. I, I'm down on the tiebreakers. It's, uh, it's not good, but we're going to move forward. They they say uh, losing losing your brother is like kissing your brother or something like that. Is that that's the expression, right? So there you go. The tough. That's uh, the Targaryen motto, I think. Exactly. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. Bring the dragons into the programming. Uh, so yeah, I mean, look, it's one of those where we've seen those those tight end goose eggs. I didn't even realize that you pushed Conklin out there until I was just looking out at some of these, uh, just kind of recapping some of these matchups. How often have we seen just tight end disasters uh, up and down the board for teams this year? We'll get into this in a little bit, but that has been a tough position. Maybe I'm biased because I've had the biggest disasters of all. So, I mean, just, I mean, well, not only that, but like you just think about like the guys that were on my radar for potentially picking up at tight end this last week. And, and because Kyle Pitts is out, one of the options was Taysom Hill, where he went for like 46, where if yeah. I got him, I would have won comfortably. But you, I mean, you, once upon a time, it was, we don't roster saints around here, but apparently you've been breaking that uh, increasingly as the years go on, right? Uh, well, only this year. And that's this is the first uh, year. Okay. Yeah, this is the first year. Last year was the, or no, two years ago, we broke the rule for the Bucks because the Bucks aren't in the hate zone. The Falcons and Saints fans got lifted this year because the Panthers are not good enough to hold myself back in that regard. Yeah, I like how even in the gambling world, you stay out of the uh, the betting. Was it no NFC South bets you do? Is that the the rule? Uh, well, I again, well, we're back. We're doing Falcons and Saints this year again because of that. Okay. But it used to be Falcons and Saints were banned. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I was going to say, good thing you're back on. Hopefully, you've been on the Falcons. I'm uh, one of the best tied for the best team against the spread this season. So there you go. On them this week was not last week, sadly. Ooh, the uh, the call, the call that uh, the world heard, uh, the call heard around the world, et cetera, et cetera. All right, we're going to start off. We have a couple of new segment ideas this week from the commission himself. Uh, a little bit later, we're going to do a fake trade negotiation corner. I think it's a fun idea. We'll see what happens. We're going to give out a, 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 a sort of figurative rose, and we might have a special guest to give out that award a little bit later on in the show. We will go through all the weekly matchups. I think there are some fun ones this week. Uh, obviously, we're into the buys. So all of that stuff is part of the equation now. Guys scrambling to go get, you know, player XYZ and try to plug in some dots. We'll get into that in terms of picking the matchups later. But do you want to start here with some stonk up, stonk down? Don't worry, Reed. Pronounced it correctly. I got you there. Uh, and I think this is a good time to just kind of check in with some of the players, some of the trends. You know, we did a obviously a podcast after the draft and we outlined where we thought some of these teams were. We've done a few pods since then. But looking, you know, sometimes you have to do this exercise where you just look at the top kind of 50, top 100 guys in fantasy. And sometimes there are some surprises around there. Your first stonk up is not one of those surprises, though, Reed. Who do you got? I got Cooper Cup, who has 28 plus points in four of his five games. 
And I mean, three of the five, he's gone over 30. And that's despite the fact that the Rams offense has been hot garbage. Matthew Stafford, we have some serious questions about. Allen Robinson, good God, might be droppable at this point. Uh, but Cooper Cup just keeps on chugging along. You cannot stop him, even if the Rams offense sucks. So got to give him stonk up. Just the decided wide receiver one once again. Yeah, I mean, that Rams offense situation you're talking about, we'll talk about Barra's team in a little bit, who, of course, has had a good season so far in terms of the points totals. But his quarterback situation, you know, with everything happening there with the Rams offense, um, we know that Cup is wide receiver one in all of fantasy. But the, you know, the Stafford part of this, eh, we'll see. We'll see. Is Cup enough to just keep him afloat? Uh, we'll get into that when we talk about some of the matchups. Good stonk up choice there. I'm going to go... As we start off here, and this one hurts me, two of my three stonk ups are really going to hurt, but I am going to go with Mr. Tom Brady. Uh, and we're talking about a guy, you know, was a focal point of the last podcast I was on when we had his fantasy owner, Jack, your brother on the program. And we talked about where things are at. I don't, was that three weeks ago? Was it two weeks ago? I, I can't keep track, but maybe two, I weeks, think ago, two right? weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it was right around there that Brady started getting going again. And it's now 40 plus passing attempts for three games in a row, 350 plus passing yards, back-to-back -back games. We talked a lot about, Hey, you know, once the receivers will come back, he's fine. Then the counter to that is, well, he's 87 years old and going through a divorce. So will he actually be fine? Turns out you don't need the misses. Things are going well for Brady here the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, yes, he gets, of course, the call heard around the world last week. The Falcons could have absolutely won that game. Falcons have been in some crazy second halves this season, which I guess you could take out this season in terms of that franchise in general. But uh, nearly came back and won that football game. A couple, not just one, a couple of terrible calls went against the Falcons. But uh, it is what it is. Brady played well on the day. If you want to say the Falcons pass defense isn't good, that's fine. Um, but Brady played well, and he's played well for three games in a row. So, you know, I get the age stuff, but I think he has enough weapons. Um, it's looking a lot better, a lot better than it was a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, it's got to be noted that Jeff Darlington, who has uh, got a tight line to Tom Brady's inner circle, did note that there was a, a bad call before that roughing the passer. So the roughing the passer basically didn't even happen. So, I mean, just got to remember that. Like the Saints, was it Saints Vikings? I can't remember which Saints playoff game where they the Rams. It was Rams, Rams game where the Saints every call go their way that entire game, but history forgets that. After oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and everyone also like everyone's talked about that uh, as if they didn't win the the toss afterward and Breeze right. threw an interception to fuck them exactly. over. Exactly. Well, Barra is still Barra is still beating that drum to this day. Our resident gang does fantasy uh, participant uh, Saints fan. So anyway, who you got next? Uh, Stonk up, Reed. I got to go with Josh Jacobs, who's running back three in week five, and he's running back three on the season. I'm just loving what I'm seeing out of Jacobs. He was a guy that I was really out on entering the year, and I could not have been more wrong about that. I thought that Josh McDaniels going to bring the Patriots thing where you have a bunch of running backs and it kind of fucks over all of their fantasy values. But instead, Jacobs is just a fucking bell cow, and he looks fantastic. I mean, just watching that game, I test, he looks amazing. He's getting used in the passing game. He's an awesome runner. I mean, he's look, he's a first-round pick, 24 years old, and he freaking looks like it. I mean, he's been doing all of this in, uh, you know, a, a decent, I'd have to crank the numbers, but a decent amount of time where the Raiders have been trailing as well. I mean, he's involved in a lot of different kind of game scripts where I would argue that it might get even better as the season goes on if they're going to have any of these games, right? I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they're one and four, but all four losses were by like by three points or less. 
easily could have beat the Chiefs. They easily could be four and one right now. Uh, I think the Raiders are a team just moving forward. I'm pretty high on still. Are you are you bankrolling that on any futures? Anything like playoff to make the playoffs future? Anything like that, or not quite that in? Uh, I might need to look into that. See what it was. Could be interesting. I go I to wonder, you for the futures, Reed. So I, I need some advice on that. Yeah, I, I wonder what I could get on a Raiders to make the playoffs and Giants to miss the playoffs parlay. Ooh, ooh I like it. Spicy. All right. I'm uh, let's move this thing along. Stonk up. I'm gonna go with, and this is another one. The Brady one hurts me. This one hurts me for different reasons. I'm on the other side, the wrong side of the handcuff. Brees Hall. I think it's time to put him into the stonk up category. Um, we knew this was coming all season. I even got Carter knowing that this was coming. Michael Carter was very much an early season play when he was just still available there for decent value. Um, under Wilson, his QBs had a couple of big catches, one in particular. But the more important thing with Brees Hall right now is he's just, he's clearly the Jets lead back. He's got 35 carries in the last two games. You know, the Carter side of this thing, Carter, I benched him for the first time last week, and naturally he puts up some production in the receiving game. Uh, so I think that's going to be something to watch just in terms of that offense. There's all kinds of Jets offense fantasy stuff right now, which which feels weird to say, but they've got a lot of those young guys and people making decisions. We'll talk about Garrett Wilson uh, in a little bit, actually very soon, spoiler alert. Uh, but but we'll we'll, you know, you have to consider these things. Michael Carter, for example, I say this as a Carter owner, is not necessarily benchable every week. You have to look at some of the matchups, see where some of the passing game is going. And of course, with the Jets, their season is very much Flacco versus Zach Wilson and what those offenses look like under those respective quarterbacks. So uh, even before Wilson, though, Brees was clearly trending upwards, trending into getting the job. I think the question for him was always going to be, is it going to be like a week 10 or week 12 thing or earlier in the season? And you've seen some of those shifts happen uh, across the league a little bit earlier. You know, your, your boy Damian Pierce has been better earlier than I think some people expected. There's a few other examples. So uh, this is one of them. I think Brees has been awesome. Uh, obviously, you know, you're not going to put up 40 every week. You're not going to play that hobble uh, Dolphins team every yep. single game. But I think you're in pretty good shape if you're a Brees Hall owner, which, of course, it's fucking Dan uh, who I'm playing uh, this week. So there you go. Yeah, I agree with all those points. I mean, I do think that Carter is, is he's got he's not quite like Kareem Hunt level, but he is playable in the flex on a week to week basis, depending on the matchup. Uh, but I think just I test Brees Hall looks great. Obviously, live in New York. I watch the Jets every single week. Uh, and the thing is, too, is that, you know, in terms of like the Chubb versus Hunt thing, they kind of have that going on. But it's not like Brees Hall isn't being used in the pass game, too, which also right. elevates his value. I I think you have to really like what you see with Brees Hall, not just this year, but obviously with the rookie tag, he's going to be someone that's going to be an important person moving forward for Daniel's team as well. Yeah, it's a good point with the rookie tag. Dan, Dan's team, and we're going to get into it in a bit, but man, it's a, it's a very good fantasy football team right now. Hopefully some things can go wrong in a hurry, but we'll we'll get into it. As he's wants uh, to tell us. Exactly, exactly. Um, All right, well, we got one more. Stonk up, who you got, Reed? Well, I wanted to brighten your mood after bringing you down with the with the Michael Carter thing. Got to give a stonk up to Austin Eckler, who was RB1 in week five. And if you remember the last time we did the pod with Jack, we had that discussion about Najee Harris versus, yeah. versus Austin Eckles in terms of overall value. And we said, kind of feels like Austin Eckler is about to have some blowups because it's just going to be due. And what, lo and behold, three touchdowns against the Texans, two touchdowns against the Browns, 
has, I mean, almost a career high, I think. Like, he had almost 150 total yards. Looked incredible. And really, he looks like a guy who's probably going to be a top three to five running back in fantasy for the rest of the season. And that could be something that really changes your season and puts you into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about, uh, at this point, a top, right on the fringe of top 10 overall fantasy players, which is crazy to think, considering uh, how kind of underwhelming he was in the first few weeks of the season. He's been involved in the passing game all year. There's always been an argument for Eckler, like, hey, and this is true with a few chargers, like, hey, you get people involved in that offense, it gets cooking, you get the scores, et cetera, et cetera. If it's this version of Eckler the rest of the season, it's an incredible anchor for me at a position that, you know, the rest of the depth there for me as the Najee thing is looking like a disaster. And I just outlined some of the Carter concerns. We can go down the list and some of the other stuff. You know, I'm plugging and playing on the waivers. I'm doing a few different things. If that's the case for your entire running back core, you need a really strong anchor, which is looking like I might have for the rest of the year. Big plus for Eckler. You know, again, I say he was kind of been involved in the receiving game all season. He finally got what close to more than 150 uh, rushing yards this past week. That is a very promising thing. He got an increase in rushing yards and in carries in general the week before as well. All of that stuff is going up and you're getting the red zone touches. You're getting the scores themselves. I mean, the whole Eckler package finally, finally is looking a little bit more like 2021 Eckler, whereas the Najee thing is going completely the opposite direction. But uh We'll go deeper in the Falcoholics corner, but go ahead, Reed. Yeah, I have Najee on a two-year contract in my dynasty league, so it's a little, it's brutal for me as well. And the thing with Eckler is, I was a little more down on him entering this year, just because it seemed like he was telegraphing that his usage was going to go down a little bit. And a snap share is not exactly what you'd think of for a workhorse running back, but the key is that they're giving him rest in the spots that are not sexy fantasy wise. So you still get the red zone touches. You still get the two-minute drill stuff. So you get all the stuff that you really want, and you're getting less touches on him. And for an older back, I mean, Austin Eckler has talked about it. He doesn't want all that, all the touches and all that because he wants to stay healthy. And so I'm telling you right now, I can tell you Austin Eckler is guaranteed 80% of the snaps for the rest of the season, but I can't guarantee his health. Or 60%, and I guarantee he stays healthy for the rest of the year. I know exactly which one you're taking. You're taking the 60%, and you're taking the health. For sure. Well, and by the way, Joshua Kelly, if that's any worry for you cutting into that 10 carries last week, he's on my team now. So there you go. Finally got that hand, that, uh, you know, backup hand finally succeeded on a, on a handcuff. I have one more stonk up and I, again, this is one, I, I don't hate doing this one. This one's a fun one. Uh, I just hate giving Melfi love and credit. I wonder if you know where I'm going here. Oh. Gino Smith. Let's put Gino, let's put Gino into the stonk up category. Now I understand. I understand. You know, some of this might be a little bit fluky. The sample size is still not great. Back-to-back weeks, though, with 30-plus burgers. I have to put him in this conversation, and I have to give Melfi a little bit of love considering how much we've bashed him for backing his way into that pick. He didn't mean to get it. It's not going to be his, one of his main two quarterbacks when he finishes the season and maybe makes the playoffs, but it has very much worked out for him. And the fact that they've gotten uh, Metcalf, for example, still going in that offense, I had real concerns with him. The fact that you can pick up receivers in that offense and do okay week to week all that stuff I think I have to give a little bit of love to Gino and of course it helps it helps your stonk up when the guy who you're replacing is having you know the nightmare season that he's having Russell Wilson so credit Gino I'm putting you in the stonk up corner this week yeah I mean we lambasted him for that pick on the auction because he kept driving him up and then you look up and it's like Gino's looking fantastic this year and you mentioned DK Metcalf 
But someone else who's been awesome is Tyler Lockett. Look yeah. what Lockett has done over the last four weeks. He is, I'm going to pull it up just to make sure I have the exact numbers here. He has been remarkably consistent. And let me see. Okay. Yeah, so he has uh, he had 21.2, 15.1, 12.1, 33.9. I mean, Lockett is a set-it-and-forget-it player right now, which was not the case before the year. Geno has DK has decaf Metcalf looking fantastic. It's hard to argue with what Geno's doing. It's really it's really hard. We're gonna get to him more later on, but it's difficult to see why he can't keep doing this. Yeah, I and and you know who knows? Maybe Melfi late in the season is still plugging in Geno to start games. Who knows? I, he's been that good. He's I, I'd have to pull it up. I believe top. I, I could be wrong. Reed top five fantasy quarterback right now. Am I, is he fifth? He is. Oh, we actually, uh, that was one of our big questions. He is currently QB five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you look at the name, some of the names he's ahead of, I mean, the burrows of the world, uh, he's right. I guess there's a, there's a decent amount of points behind uh, Mahomes, but he's literally kissing Mahomes in the, in the, uh, in the rankings. Crazy. Absolute craziness. Uh, so yeah, Gino credit to you. You're in the uh, stonk up category. All right, let's go more negative. Go and stonk down Reed. Get us started. Uh, well, you, you made the allusion to it with Garrett Wilson. I have to put him in the stonk down category. He had 32 points in week two. And we thought, holy shit, this is our Justin Jefferson for this year. Eric is running away with things. Oh, my God. Last three weeks combined, 25.3 points. And I don't think this is necessarily a reflection on Zach Wilson being terrible or a reflection on Garrett Wilson not being awesome still. I think both. I think Garrett Wilson is still fantastic. I actually think Zach Wilson has been better this year than than I expected. But the problem is that you looked at the Joe Flacco offense with the Jets. They were throwing it like 50, 60 times a game. And when you're doing that, you can sustain all these different guys. But when you're throwing at a normal level like they are now with Zach Wilson, when they've had a little bit more balance, not every single receiver can pop every week. And that's the problem for me with Garrett Wilson is that I think the Jets have a fantastic set of skill players. They have, I mean, it's not just Garrett Wilson, but they have Elijah Moore. They have Corey Davis, who is fantastic. They have two good tight ends with Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama. And then they have two good running backs to get the ball to. And if that's the case, you're just not going to be a target machine like he was in week two when he got 14. Yeah, some big uh, questions for, uh, that's Eric, right? Yeah. To uh, to try to figure out there, uh, across the receivers, I would say. But we'll get to his team. Uh, he has questions across the team, I would say. But we also might yeah. Spoiler alert, might have an appearance by the man himself, but there we go, as I ruined the guest. Uh, all right, um, <clears throat> stonk down, where are we at? All right, this one's going to hurt you, Reed, and I. this is a small sample size, and I still feel okay on the season as a whole, and I made a very aggressive waiver pick to get involved with this man's offense. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence, it's seven turnovers in the last two games. Okay, I understand we want to just completely pretend like the Philly game didn't happen. We want to just... Similar to the, I would say the 49ers bears game earlier in the year. We wanted just a few of these weather games. We want to just say, Hey, you know, that, that never happened. Um, but 25 of 47 passing against the Texans uh, concerning, I would love to hear the defense. And I, I think I'm sure you watched a lot more of that game than I did. Uh, and I, I, you know, again, I still like this offense on the season as a whole. I'm having a little bit of trouble triaging the receivers and trying to figure out, you know, what are the targets going to be going into the second half of the season? Maybe you have some insight here, Reed. 
But how worried are you? Because you're obviously the Trevor Lawrence owner. I'm putting your beloved Trevor in the stonk down category. And I'll admit it's just a couple of games. But do you have any any worry? Is this, is this a kid who was good finally getting a bad weather game? The fumbles happen. I just I want to know about the Houston game more than anything because I didn't watch enough of that. Uh, well, I have not. I did not watch as much of it as I would have liked to. One of my TVs died uh, last oh. week, so I went from four screens to three screens. So my analysis might be no. shittier as a result. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that as it pertains to the Philly game, I mean, two of those fumbles I'm not concerned about at all because they were literally he just dropped them in the rain. Now, I mean, if he's playing in the rain again, I gets to be a little concerning to maybe need to wear some gloves or something. I don't know. Now, the one thing that I would say I am a somewhat concerned about Trevor for this year is that you look at the Washington game, you look at the Philly game and you look at, at the Houston game. He's had some bad interceptions where he's just trying to do too much. And he, like, I mean, the interception against Houston in particular was just awful. I watched that one live and it's one of those things where he's running and easily could have gotten the first down. And quite frankly, knowing his running ability, I think he would have scored a touchdown if he just tucked it and ran or at worst, just throw it out of the back of the end zone. That's just not a pass that you could ever throw. Give some credit to Derek Stingley for baiting him. But, you know, that's the thing is that you can kind of bait him because the interception against the Eagles was one where James Bradbury kind of baited him. He thinks he can squeeze it into these holes. And I don't think that it's something he could probably overcome, but it is a little concerning moving forward. I. I'm not selling my Trevor stock or anything, but you know, it gives you a little bit of pause. If we're if that's the thing that would give me pause is the interceptions, but I still think he'll be good. Do you, do you like his receivers? Cause you, you clowned me for, I, I guess, increasing it looking like good reason for the Zay Jones thing. Um, I got a little bit too overexcited after the big offensive oh, explosion not, a few weeks ago. The clowning was because no one else bid anything. No, of course. That, of that course. was, that was where the clowning came from. I, I liked getting him. What sucked for Zay Jones is that the second you got him, he got hurt. And so he didn't play against Philly and that affected the offense. And he wasn't a hundred percent against Houston and that affected things. I still think that for the rest of the year, assuming Zay Jones gets back healthy, I think he and Christian Kirk are both pretty solid wide receiver options. You don't think the Marvin, you don't, you're not worried about Marvin making too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing. Nah, I mean, Marvin will have a a few blow up games, but I think it's mostly going to be Zay and Christian Kirk. You know, I, I would like to see them make a trade for Robbie Anderson. That'd be pretty sick. Sure. sure. You know, I, honestly, it's one of those things where, like, Robbie Anderson gets moved. Let's If the Jaguars get him or the Chargers get him, that could completely change the season for Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence's fantasy value. And that would be huge for me or Eric. Yeah, I don't want that to happen either way necessarily for my purposes, but that's fine. Uh, next up, stock down. I, I fully agree with you on this one. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Chase Edmonds. I mean, 0.1 points in week five. I mean, that's that's really bad. I mean, right now it looks like Raheem Mostert's show in Miami. Chase Edmonds, I mean, you thought that they were going to – they paid him big money as a free agent. You thought he was going to get a whole lot of volume, but he's just not. So I, I think you got to go stock down on Chase Edmonds. That's a pretty big blow. 17 carries is last four games combined. Okay, he's not getting a ton of those – you know, just traditional touches. I, I do think, you know, the Tua thing, as we think about what this offense is going to be later in the season, uh, I, I think he he will get involved in the passing game. There, You're going to see a couple of weeks where suddenly it's like, oh, you know, Chase Edmonds does actually feel like a solid enough plug-and-play flex guy. The problem is the team that he's on, right? Like, there are other teams that could have Chase Edmonds and have him be a valuable asset, or at least a usable asset. 
Uh, Shannon is not one of them. Shannon cannot afford to have this bad of a running back, uh, losing carries, losing everything uh, while his anchor is Devin Singletary. So we'll get into that in a little bit. That's more, you know, specific to our league, which of course the podcast is for, but I fully agree. Um, obviously just not, it's usually not a good thing when you're a running back, not getting carries. Uh, all right. I'm going to do one that like may or may not be fair. Um, and I'll admit this one is very much me taking my own frustrations out for drafting him, me taking my own frustrations out for just some bad injury luck, both from him and his quarterback. But I'm going to put Dalton Schultz in here because we talk about, and this could maybe be a piggyback point for talking about tight ends around the league read. But, you know, I said, I said very clearly, this is, I, I, I don't know, can't remember if I said this on the first podcast or if I said this to you off the air. There's possibly a clip of me somewhere saying, I don't really care about tight end this year, or at least I'm not going to go all in on a top tier Travis Kelsey as tight end this year. Well, I went in on $18 on Dalton Schultz and it has been an absolute disaster. He's had one playable game all year. Uh, now he's been hurt, but he's actually played in four of these five and the last three games that he's played in eight combined targets. Now, of course we know what's happening with the quarterback situation there. If you want to just say, all of this will be fine once he's healthy and once Dak is healthy. Okay, that's why I haven't dropped him yet. That's what I'm thinking. But in terms of the short term, you know, this guy's still been out there, hasn't been separating. You know, uh, uh, Cooper Rush has not been terrible. I'm putting some of this on Dalton. I don't care that he's been banged up. It's been so frustrating. He's been terrible, and the tight end situation continues to be miserable around the league. So, again, fair or not fair, this is very injury-based. I'm throwing Dalton Schultz in there. Uh, I think you have to put him in there. I mean, I I don't think you can play him right now. Uh, you you can't start him. You yeah. you know, I think it makes sense to roster him because of what he can become. But there, you cannot justify playing him again after what he's done to your season. Yeah, I mean, how many like was it week two you played Eric? Where like almost certainly you win if Dalton Schultz gives you anything. I've had two. I've had two played. No, let's put it this way. There have been three played Dalton Schultz games uh, where he's gone zero or less. He's had a minus game and two goose eggs. So, and zero or less. What a phrase. Oh, yeah. I'm a mathematician. And I believe I played, yeah, I played him every one of those games. So it's been a mess. It's been an absolute mess. And yeah, famous last words. Find that clip of me saying, eh, tight end, eh, eh. I'll figure it out. Well, I haven't figured it out this year. Schultz has been dog shit, bad situation there. I do think the second half of the season, you know, again, it seemed like his connection with Dak was better than with Cooper, which, okay, that seems like you're stating the obvious. But you look at some other guys, like CeeDee Lamb got it pretty involved with Rush at times, a little bit drive-specific, uh, but got involved. Uh, Schultz literally has not gotten involved at all. Um, so you're absolutely right about the unplayability. He is – I had a note down here somewhere, I think, when I went through my team – uh, I don't know. We can pull, he's like, when you look at the overall tight ends, I believe he's 28 in overall tight ends this year, um, which is not surprising considering he's only had one game worth of positive points. So Dalton Schultz stonk down. Yeah. We'll go with my last stock down cam acres, just 7.6 combined points the last two weeks. And he was a guy that after week two, it was looking like, okay, Cam Akers is going to be the guy for the Rams. Awesome. 
But the problem is that, I mean, the volume has been fine. It's just the Rams offense sucks so much ass that like you can't even really play him. I mean, you can play him, but like he's not really going to be anything more than a flex until this Rams offense gets going because there's just no touchdown equity to go around. The Rams have the the lowest rushing yard total as a team on the season. Uh, I was I, I thought it was bad, but I was surprised that it was that bad. It's thirty second. Um, wow, and I mean, that's so. Yeah, it's been a disaster. Um, so I don't know. You know, part of me, the Acres thing, as a, as a Henderson owner, for we'll see how much longer. I'm like, do they just do they shift it back? Do they try the week one stuff again? And maybe Henderson becomes playable again. But this seems like, and and you touched on it on the Stafford stuff. There are real problems across the board with that Rams offense. When it's not throw it to Cooper Cup, seems like there are real issues right now. So, uh, yeah, that's a fair one. No, no issue with that. I mean, I said earlier in the year that uh, now I'm forgetting who who is the Acres owner. It's uh, it's it's, it's, it's Nick. It's Nick. Yeah, Ben. Uh, I said earlier in the year he's like one of the only teams that can afford this. Well, he's had other injuries pop up and and the Acres situation increasingly looks like a real glaring one uh, for him if Acres is going to be unplayable the rest of the year as well. So, yeah, I think that's a good candidate. I'm going to give my last stonk down shout and it's Antonio Gibson. Um, this feels yeah. a little bit similar to the Brees Hall stonk up choice where it's like we kind of saw the writing on the wall with this in preseason. You certainly did as a Brian Robinson owner. Um, we'll see what happens in this disgusting, uh, Thursday night game. Brian Robinson is what banged up a little bit. Is that what's going on there? No, he's playing. He oh, he's playing. Okay. never mind. No, remember he was out for the beginning of the year. Cause he got shot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I I'm aware of that part, but I thought so. So Gibson got three carries last game. I don't know. I have this down in my notes, unaware of how or why that happened. Not having watched any seconds of that game. My only note is that seems concerning. So just throwing I that think out they there. were. I think they were down like 17 nothing or something, but also Brian Robinson got the lion's share of the carries. He had, he had nine. Yeah, absolutely. And the other concerning thing with that offense is like, you know, some of the passing game stuff still looks okay with them. Like even when, if you're not a Wentz person, that's fine. But for fantasy purposes, like it can be boom or bust, but you could still get those 25 point weeks from him because of what the game script looks like because of him airing it out. And similar in the passing game, while where it's concerning for Gibson, I would say is, uh, you know, he's not getting a lot of those throws either, right? It's McKissick still is the targeted back and a lot of that stuff. So I don't really know at this point. I think he does increasingly feel like one of these players. Maybe he's not completely unplayable right now, but he's getting there. He's getting there, I think, as the Brian Robinson thing grows in. He's playable only because we are an extremely deep league and things are going to start looking a lot more shallow once we reach the bye weeks, as a lot of people are 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 seeing right now. I mean, it's once the buys hit the, the guy, the names that you're going to start seeing in starting lineups will surprise you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've already seen even pre-buy, we already saw some of those names popping up. So the combination of, of injuries and buys is always a fun thing. And in a two quarterback league, you gotta love it. It's always going to be fun here, left and right. We're going to have to break and we'll come back with a new segment. Reed has engineered this, you know, he put on his commissioner hat, which never comes off. He's always in commissioner mode. Uh, but we're going to do a mock trade segment. We're going to run through some trades and we're going to give out a rose to whoever wins the trade. Is that correct, Reed? You want to give a teaser here? Or whoever we, whatever trade we think is the best one. Whichever trade is the best one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to figure it out as we go. I think it's a fun idea. Uh, and we'll do that next coming up. Gang does fantasy podcast.
All right, we're back in this fantasy podcast, moving into the trade corner. And we're going to have a fun game. We're calling it Fake Trade Bachelor. We're going to get to that in a second. But, you know, I think one of the impetuses for doing this for Reed's idea is like, we have not had the trades rolling in this league this year. And in the past, it's been a pretty trade friendly league. Sometimes, of course, early in the season, you kind of need one team to get the ball rolling and everyone else kind of remembers oh yeah you can trade and you can actually trade in a way sometimes that makes both teams better or maybe you can fleece eric or melfi and get the the discord to get on your side or all of those fun things um we have not had that right now and of course there's some teams that probably need trades i'm very much in that mix uh i've had conversations in terms of trades but you're absolutely right reed we have not had the actual trades themselves. So I, you know, I want the commissioner's perspective on this. Um, is it that teams don't feel desperate enough? Is there, you know, we have a new face in the league. We have Shannon. So maybe there's still some, you know, people trying to get to know each other a little bit, but you've put out the Rolodex, you know, everyone knows where to find everyone. Um, what's happening with the lack of trades right now, Reed? Uh, well, I, I want to say at first, also, you could also get fleeced by Eric because let's not forget. True. True. Let's I, not forget last year that he got Austin Eckler and, and a really good receiver. Maybe it was Cortland Sutton or something like Austin Eckler and Cortland Sutton for CMC who like didn't play the rest of the year. So that ended up being awesome for him. Um, but yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, I, I do think that like we talk about desperation. Melfi is not super engaged on the trade market anyway, I guess. And we are kind of hoping or maybe not hoping, but I guess some people thought that if Melfi got to zero and four, that would lead to him maybe getting a little desperate with making trades um, I, I'm honestly kind of surprised we haven't seen something because I've heard people like float names out since at least week two. I thought we were going to get at least one trade by now, but no one's, no one's bit yet. I wasn't far off. I mean, I, I was in the late stages of some trade stuff with multiple teams. Uh, you say week two, I think even going back to week two, uh, certainly week three, but you know, I, I will just say as someone who's been in the week, I mean, I'm sure you've had trade conversations as well. Um, but I've been in the weeds with a few teams. There's a lot of, I would say, false confidence. Um, you do have the Barra syndrome spreading a little bit around the league where you look, Barra, Barra is infamous for basically not doing deals, for not doing trades. I, to his credit, yeah. clearly he's drafted well because he had a good year last year and he's having a good year this year again. But mm -hmm. it's crazy how inactive he is on waivers and trades considering how successful his team has been so credit. I mean, credit to him, but also shade to him at the same time. Um, that's one part of this where it's like even teams that are under 500 teams that, for example, have lower points to totals than me, wink, wink, uh, are not, they feel like they can turn it around with the pieces that they have. I think a lot better than the objective kind of league consensus on said players would, would agree with. So eventually those things bend and break as the records get worse and worse and things spread out. Um, but you know, I would just go ahead and say as someone who's one in four and has lost all of this leverage teams that are right around 500 in a lot of ways, that's your best. If you can find another team around 500, that's one of the best ways to pull off a trade. You don't have to do it in full desperation mode because when you're in full desperation mode, the rest of the league knows that, and you're not going to yeah. get the best value more often than not. So I would just go ahead and, you know, shout out to the teams that are like two and three and three and two right now have chats with each other, speak with each other, because I think those end up being sometimes the best fitting puzzles where actually neither side gets screwed over. 
Right. Well, I think something that I mean, we've constructed the league to try and be a position to make it so where people can make trades that are viable for both sides. Where you know you have a traditional fantasy league where you know two running backs, one flex, two wide receivers, one quarterback. It's really difficult to execute a trade where someone's not getting completely fucked over. But with us, I mean, we have so many starters and people have so many needs that eventually someone's going to have a hole somewhere where you have a surplus and a vice versa where it kind of works out. And I think also, I do think a lot of teams are people have a difficult time understanding that, you know, people like to say, I want to sell high, I want to sell high. But then that player has that good week and they don't want to trade them. You know, this isn't a single out Barra, but like you brought him up. Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Devonta Smith. I mean, Devonta Smith at that 40-point game, Barra should have been on the phones immediately afterward trying to see what he could get for Devonta Smith. Clyde Edwards-Alaire starts out so hot with all those touchdowns, he needed to be on the phone seeing what he could get for that at that point. But you hold off on that, and then eventually the value goes back down, and you're disappointed with the offers. When Barra, I would argue, also can afford... <clears throat> to at least have those conversations a lot more easily than say I can, where again, I mentioned the leverage stuff with my record, but also like up and down my roster, it's fairly boomer bust. I have two of the top 11 players in fantasy and there's a pretty steep drop off after that. So of course, yeah, I'd love to get a massive package for Diggs or Eckler. Um, I can just say there hasn't been a single offer that would be anywhere close to me. Of uh, wanting to consider that. And, you know, you could say, well, you can only be stubborn so long when you're one and four. Um, it, none of them have even been serious offers. Let's put it that way. When you mentioned those two players. Uh, so. And you to know, your point, I, not, not yeah. to cut you off, but I say, I've, I've heard some, uh, I've heard some offers for some other big time players. Um, I'll just say there was a top four running back. I heard that there were conversations being, bandied about and the offer was like a wide receiver two and a wide receiver three. Right. Which is like, that's just, that's just a joke. People, people seem pretty glued to their anchors right now. And I'll also say I hinted at this when, when Jack was on the pod a couple weeks ago, the quarterback value, and maybe this is just stating the obvious, but the quarterback value, even just kind of playable quarterbacks, not even guys that are good at all, whether in a football perspective or a fantasy perspective those values are higher than they have ever been uh it is really hard to make i'll be surprised if we see a deal where it's like hey one team got better and the other team also got a good quarterback out of it it's going to be hard to pull these kinds of trades off this season now you could point to someone you mentioned selling high you know is there a market for gino out there is there a market you know it's it's this isn't selling high but is there a market for dak we talk about melfi's team you know, I think about Shannon's team. Uh, teams that kind of need trades might be positioned to actually float one of those quarterbacks out there. But I say this, having talked to both of those guys, you know, they, even if you think they value quarterbacks correctly, the correct value of quarterbacks right now in the league is extraordinarily high. It's going to be hard to move a lot of these guys beyond, you know, uh, the, the the injuries and dudes that get picked up on waivers. So that's just another point on on where the trade stuff's at right now. And a lot of teams just did not prepare properly with the quarterbacks, not even in terms of just getting enough quality quarterbacks. I just mean in terms of like enough quarterbacks, period. There are multiple teams that only have two quarterbacks. Now you're in that position and that's not your fault because Trey Lance got hurt. You had three quarterbacks and Trey Lance got hurt. Okay. That sucks. 
But Davis like, Mills is a recent addition, just to clarify for the listeners. You got Davis Mills? Yes. When? About uh, 15 minutes before coming on. Wow. Wow. When the hell did, did Nick drop him? Not sure when he dropped. I will say I was actually uh, probably going to go PJ too until I realized that. And then minutes before I, w- I was about to add PJ, uh, Shannon grabbed PJ. And I was like, well, shit. Uh, I should have done that earlier in the week. And then I realized Davis Mills was a free agent. So I don't. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what I what I missed, but I. I, I, I love Nick, but everyone knows Nick's my boy, but disappointed he gave up Davis Mills for nothing. He could have gotten at least like 50 fab or something for that. He I, that he's from he's me, a body. Probably. He's yep. a body. Well, I mean, we're that, into buys. Like we say, we're into buys now. So I'm already, fa- I was already facing a buy crisis next week. So, I, I mean, that is a, I'll, I'll just, this is a brief aside. I think you have had a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous week of waivers. And I got to give you some credit for that. I mean, getting Davis Mills for free, massive, massive, massive. But then also you got Eno Benjamin, who looks like he's going to be the starter in Arizona right now. And then you got Joshua Kelly to handcuff for Austin Eckler. I mean, that is, your entire team looks completely different than it did Tuesday. The tough thing with me, by the way, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, and thank you. Uh, if the, uh, I don't know what's going on with the, with the desktop of fantasy page where it's not showing fab offers anymore. It's not showing the most recent fab offers for this last week. It wasn't. Uh, when, oh, I, I didn't, mean, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm stupid, but I think it only shows that if there are multiple ones. <laughs> okay. So then I know that no one else did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So again, I get caught on it. Like uh, you could have gotten them for free, but it's one of these things where you never know. And well, I think Eno's worth way more than seven. Yeah. Well, I, the only issue for me is like, I am getting very close to zero on the fab. So there's not too much more I can do in terms of the week to week plug and play stuff, which is a bit of a problem when I have a very kind of uh, flex plug and play friendly team. But uh, yeah. So, all right. That's, that's what's happening with the trades. I like you read hope that, you know, the, the dam will break. I think we will get these in the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. often. I, I really feel like this was the case the last couple of years, especially the first year people were still getting a hang of things, but the last couple of years, am I right? Or is this, this is year four, right? Do I have the years right? Or is it year three? Yeah. Yeah. It's year four. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel like the last couple of years, it's been kind of a little slow first quarter of the season. One big trade happens and the floodgates open. So you know, who's going to be the first one? We'll find out. I think there's some interesting stuff. All right. Read as a, a, a thought exercise we're going to get into here this week. And it is called fake trade bachelor. Now I know, uh, I know Curtis is a big bachelor bachelorette viewer, so he'll enjoy this segment. Uh, I know we got a couple of other viewers across the league. You want to just explain this as you take a sip, but you want to explain this segment read for the folks at home, how we're going to do this. Yeah, we're gonna take uh, three trade ideas, and we're gonna we're gonna pretend that we're the managers involved. Take play, you know, switch spots. Uh, who is who, and just kind of negotiate the trade. See how it, how it, how the negotiations play out. And because uh, you know, it's one thing to talk about a potential fake trade, but then the actual we never actually hear the negotiations. We always people negotiate over text or whatever. But I thought it'd be interesting to hear the negotiation live. And this week, I wanted to do it. Dalvin Cook, just because he's a name that has been floated out there, and he's someone. And the thing is that it's not that Dalvin Cook sucks; it's the exact opposite. It's that it's rare that we have a legit RB one that is potentially available for trade. 
So I thought it'd be interesting to see around the league, what would people want to give up for Dalvin Cook? So we picked out three teams that would make sense, that would be interested in Dalvin. And let's just see where the negotiations go. I love it. It feels also, I think Dalvin is a fun player for this exercise. And I think Eric's team in general is a, is a pretty fun one here because of how likely it feels like he is about to maybe pull the trigger on one of these things. Um, I don't, I'm not privy to any of the, the private conversations that are happening, but I would just guess knowing Eric and knowing some of the trade talks he's had in this league in recent years, he's, you know, again, I gave him some shade saying, Oh, you can fleece Eric. You correctly say Eric can fleece you. The one thing we can all agree on is Eric is pretty involved in trade stuff and in trade talk. So credit to him there. And I think this is a fun team to, uh, to try to break down. All right. You want the uh, the Eric side of this, or should I take the uh, or do you want the Melfi side as we as we use those two rosters as our template here? Uh, I'm fine with either. Do you want to be Melfi? Right. You go. Yeah, you go, Eric. I'll be Melfi to start. Uh, you are you offering the trade? Yeah, I'll I'll, pro- I'll propose the trade. Do you have Everyone an Eric uh, voice impression, or is he is it not a specific voice enough? Uh, it's not specific enough. Okay. Uh, I mean, I could do it as Kermit the Frog or something, but I think that might be a little mean. Nice. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right, Melfi, I noticed your, I was looking over your roster and I noticed that, uh, you were in a little bit of a running back conundrum with James Connor looking like he's hurt Leonard for, and so now you only have Leonard Fournette as a true RB one. You know, I think your running backs are kind of lacking right now. And so maybe Dalvin cook could be a massive upgrade for your running back core. I also noticed that you have a surplus of quality starting quarterbacks, a position that I need. I need a third quarterback. So I was thinking that maybe we could do a deal centered on Dalvin Cook for Dak Prescott or and maybe some different pieces involved. What do you think about that, Melfi? I uh, I have a wedding in three weeks, so I'm going to have to get back to you after that, but we'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk then. <laughs> I had to get that one in. Um <laughs> All right, so Eric, I look, I, I think this is a good time to talk. Um, I would potentially be interested in Dalvin Cook. I will say, you know, your team, when you just look at the QB2 situation, obviously Justin Herbert is a great anchor. He's been a little bit underwhelming this year, but you feel good about him. But Justin Fields' experience, you know, you're a Justin guy. You're a Justin believer. It's literally in your fucking team name. But you could maybe use some quarterback upgrades. We just talked, actually. Sorry, I just heard on this week's podcast with Reed and Taylor that uh, you know it's really hard to get quarterbacks in the league. What do you think? Maybe uh, you know, maybe we could talk about Dak. What do you think about Dak being a QB two with your anchor? Suddenly, very few teams in this league that have good quarterback situations at both positions. Is Dak someone that interests you at all? I think Dak would be pretty interesting because I don't have a bye week conundrum just yet. Dak should be back in time for that. But I do have a little concern about Dak because, you know, his thumb injury or he has the finger injury, so maybe he's not going to be as good. And the offense did not look fantastic the first week he was out there. He looked kind of bad. So I do think that Dalvin for Dak is a trade construct we can work around. But I do think that maybe I need a little bit more to make this deal worth it for me. And I noticed that, you know, my wide receivers are a position that are kind of lacking and you know that I have Justin Herbert. So I think it would make a lot of sense for me to add Mike Williams in this deal. Williams, you know, Keenan Allen's about to come back. So Mike Williams is not going to be as valuable as he is right now. So I think that we should, I think that Dak and Mike Williams 
for Dalvin is a trade that could work. What do you think about that? Losing Mike Williams, I'm I'm a little bit more hesitant on. Obviously, Keenan coming back drops his value, but we know being a part of that offense, you can be that second option. You can be that third option when you even involve Eckler and still get big production. We saw it last year. A little bit more hesitant on that. Um, you know, you'd consider my receiving situation across the board. You know, Cooks is a guy who, uh, as I just pull up the numbers here, uh, was targeted, you know, 22 times in the first two weeks. The fact that those targets have dropped off in an offense that I don't particularly love. I know I'm Melfi, so I'm very high on Brandon Cooks preseason, but been fading a little bit there in terms of looking at uh, foundation pieces. Uh, I might need someone else to make me feel better uh, about losing depth in my receiving core. Uh, I don't know. I mean, is, is, is scary Terry, someone that you would pass over. I kind of do like the idea of that commander's offense. You know, no one would call it good, but being in the game script where they're going to air it out. Um, and you've seen some of those numbers pop up is, is scary Terry, a guy that could be involved here. I think he absolutely could be involved. I, I think that Dalvin and Terry for Dak and Mike Williams makes a lot of sense. Is there, you have a surplus of fab. I'm kind of down on that. Is there any way that maybe you could throw in 20, 30 fab on top of that? You're not really going to miss it as much, but it would really help me out. Could we do that? Well, everyone knows I'm Melfi, so I'm a waiver czar. So I don't really want to lose much fab. Uh, <laughs> if if that is the case, though, we could work something out maybe with a third player on your team. Um, as I just pull back up the Justin Squared uh, roster here. You know, again, if I'm losing that kind of Mike Williams productivity on a receiving core that I have, you know, I like Lockett. I had the Cooks concerns that I just put out there. Um, is there another receiver that you could possibly put in the mix? I don't think... I don't really think I want anything with Allen Robinson. Um, you know, Isaiah McKenzie is a guy who, again, another sort of plug into a high flying offense could get lost into the too many cooks in the kitchen could be a boomer bus player, but as a third piece here on this deal, that could be a player that interests me. Would you do McKenzie as a third guy? It would be difficult to lose McKenzie because I do like being a part of that bill's offense. But if, if putting McKenzie in there instead of Allen Robinson will complete this deal, I'm willing to put that in there to complete the deal. So are we good on Dalvin, Terry, Isaiah McKenzie for Dak Prescott, Mike Williams, and 20 fab? Call it 15 fab and we have a deal. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Let's do a second trade here. We are continuing to center Dalvin Cook and Justin Squared, a.k.a. Eric. Uh, but let's go. We mentioned earlier in the show another very good trade candidate team potentially, or at least a team that needs a trade is the fighting Shannons, the other Nick, Nick squared, et cetera. It's also known as the Dennis system. Uh, and I will be Eric this time. So, Hey, Shannon, uh, I don't think I know you in real life. Nice to talk to you. How's it going? It is going well. I Shannon. <laughs> good. Very good stuff. Um, all right. So I'm interested, you know, look, Dalvin is a piece that anyone around the league would love. Obviously, um, you know, the volume is guaranteed when he's out there on the field. The productivity is guaranteed when he's out there on the field. I think I would like to try to get a little bit deeper at 
receivers or any of their guys, because when you look at your team right now, you know, we're thinking about a team that you're in pretty good shape on the receivers. Your running backs are as bad as anyone in the league. Dalvin would make your team in an instant better, depending on what the return is here. Um, any of your big name receivers, I'm not talking flex guys. I'm not talking fringe guys. Which one of your big starting wide receivers would you put in the mix if it means you get Dalvin? It's going to be pretty difficult for me to trade A.J. Brown. He was my lone keeper entering this year, so I have a little bit of an attachment to him. So that's going to be kind of hard for me. And he, I do have his long-term keeper rights for A.J. Brown, so that's going to be a factor for me. And I need to have those that as an option to fall back on in case I don't like my other keeper options. So I can't really do A.J. Brown. But Mike Evans... I, I really don't want to lose Mike Evans. Uh, but, you know, I feel like you probably aren't going to go for Brandon Ayuk and you're probably not going to go for Jerry Judy at this point. So I think Mike Evans is someone that I could feel pretty comfortable offloading if it means I get a running back like Dalvin. Yeah, I also feel like you can, you know, you're not going to find a Mike Evans in, on waivers. You're not going to find a Mike Evans as a free agent. But if you can plug in... You know, because look, like the Ayuk thing, maybe a little boomer bust. Maybe you don't, you know, you being the royal, you don't love him as much in this, uh, in this version of the Niners offense. But he's going to have some of those massive games. We've seen it before. Um, I think you could maybe feel comfortable with that at wide receiver one when you have, I'm sorry, at wide receiver two when you have Brown at wide receiver one. And then, you know, we've seen this across the league. You can kind of plug and play in your third receiver, especially when we start to get into some of these matchups where it's, you know, you're playing a team with three guys are injured, four guys are on a bye. Suddenly, yeah, you plug someone in at wide receiver three. It doesn't look as bad when you have Brown and Ayuk uh, anchoring it down. Whereas running back, you can't find even playable running backs on the market anymore. Dalvin is more than playable. He's a superstar. I think this makes sense the only thing is i don't know the only thing is i think i would probably want more we know what the running back value is here in this league running backs and quarterbacks you don't just give up you look at the teams with needs and you use your leverage successfully i have leverage here because your running back situation is not just the worst in the league but it's one of the worst we've seen no discredit to you it happens uh you know the Edmonds thing Edmonds is looking increasingly unplayable uh you know, uh, Dobbins, even when he finally got the snaps, was not getting anything in the red zone. That looked a little bit concerning. And then Devin Singletary is your anchor back right now. As I just pull up where he is on the season. Uh, duh, 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 duh. I literally had this a lot better organized. He's RB3. He's the 110th best player in fantasy overall. That's your anchor back right now. You need an anchor running back to be successful in this league. I can offer that to you. I'm not going to do Dalvin Mike Evans straight up. I like the Evans value. I like to get Evans, especially now that he's getting healthy. I think I want to improve my tight end situation as well. And one of the unique parts of this trade is, hey, you're one of the few teams in the league, a la Barra last year, where, and of course you wouldn't have known that, Shannon, last year. Last year, Barra had a lot of tight ends. He had four or five tight ends for most of the season. You this year have some tight ends stocked and most of the league desperately needs tight ends, myself included. So I don't know the Kittle thing. 
you know, uh, we know how talented George Kittle is. It's been a little bit concerning how they've used him in the three games since he's been back from injury. Maybe you're ready to get rid of him. Maybe you really like that big Hawkinson burger that you got a couple of weeks ago. I'm a little bit more willing to take that chance on Kittle. Would you throw Kittle in there? Well, you're exactly right. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, after what he did against the Seahawks, would be a lot more difficult for me to move off of him. Uh, but yeah, I am George Kittle is someone I'm absolutely willing to throw in there. So if you're willing to do Mike Evans and George Kittle for Dalvin Cook, let's call it in. All right. Everyone's favorite words after a trade negotiation. Send it over. Send it over. All right. Fake trade three, our last and final fake trade scenario. And again, in theory, we're going to have the man on himself, Eric, to uh, just figure out which one of these is the winner. Uh, all right. You're back to being Eric this time around. We're going to involve yeah. Barra. Let's go. I get to be Barra. You're Eric. Go ahead. What you got? Barra, I just noticed that Rashad Penny went out for the season. And now your running backs suck shit besides Joe Mixon. And so I'm thinking that maybe Dalvin Cook could help solve some of your needs. And I noticed that you have a surplus at wide receiver, so perhaps you could help some of my needs. Now, we both know Michael Thomas is a player that we both share an affinity for because I went to Ohio State and you're a Saints fan. But I'm a little concerned about his foot problems, so I think I'm going to let you handle Michael Thomas on that front. But I do think that there's something that can be done for us to work out. I think that, you know, Michael Pittman has not been as good this year with the emergence of Alec Pierce, the Republicans' favorite wide receiver. <laughs> Devonta Smith has had a quiet few weeks, but I still do like him overall after what he did to my Buckeyes in the national championship game. What would you say to Michael Pittman and Devonta Smith for Dalvin Cook? Mm, thanks for thanks thanks for talking to me i appreciate it no we'll be good we'll be good we'll be good i don't need to make a trade right now all right i will uh i'll do my voice with this one as we know barra doesn't uh pick up the phone very often for trades um i i yeah that thank you for for contacting me eric i really appreciate it um as you know me losing Pittman as a usc guy I don't know, man. It's going to maybe take a little bit more. It's going to be a little bit tough. I also really love that offense as I am a, uh, a, a Matt Ryan starter at QB two. I don't know. I don't know. I like Pittman. Um, Devante has been awesome as far as the big play stuff. And now he's getting targets as well. Still feels maybe a little bit boomer bust week to week, but man, my receiving core seems to get a lot worse after that. I know I have Cooper cup, but that is giving up a lot at one position. Yeah, maybe I actually am a Hunter Renfro believer, though. Have Myers as well. All right, I have enough depth maybe to make this happen. Um, would you throw in, as I just see how much, uh, let me just go through your roster for a second here. Ah, not a good not a good fab partner. Never mind. I was going to say maybe throw in some fab on the end of this to, to sweeten no, but, the deal. But. but maybe, you know, maybe I could throw in a little extra and you throw me a little fab because I need Ooh, some fab. You got a lot of extra. I have tons and I have tons. All right, let's figure something out there. I like it. Getting a twist here in the fake trade talk. Uh, Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good, good point. Good point. Could um, I throw you, could I throw you Allen Robinson to give you the Cooper Cup handcuff? Mm. Really attach yourself to that Rams offense. You're buying the dip. Alan Robinson. Uh, what is it? Uh, what year is it? <laughs> uh, 
uh, what about uh, are, are are you out on uh, on Josh Palmer at this point since Keenan's coming back? We get one of those cooks in the kitchen involved here. I, I'd be pretty hard pressed to move Josh Palmer right now, just because you know even if Keenan Allen comes back, you know how hamstrings are; they can act back up. Keenan Allen hasn't been the healthiest guy, um, and with my Justin Herbert investment, I'm going to want to keep as many ties to that offense as possible. So I'm not I'm not really looking to move off of a Josh Palmer. Could I perhaps interest you in? Hmm. I'm going to need a lot of fab for this, a lot of fab. But, you know, you don't have any rookies worth a damn right now. Maybe James Cook turns into one. But what if I throw in Sky Moore and you kick me 40 fab? Uh, see, I'd rather I'd rather a guy, if I'm losing two receivers, I'd rather a guy that's a little bit more playable now. I'm Barra, so I don't really think about the, the long term as much as some other teams in this league. Going a little bit more short term here. Um. I'm not I'm not as into that part of it. Although I do like where we're going here is in terms of adding another player and maybe me adding some fab. Um is there is there a fab price to make Boone happen, even though I'm I it doesn't necessarily help the receiver situation? I just don't think that makes a lot of sense for me, just because I have Melvin Gordon, so I'd kind of like to keep those two together. Makes I don't think they're as valuable. Um, I think they're more valuable together than apart. How about this? Isaiah McKenzie. Can we throw him in the hat? Yeah, we, we can throw in Spud McKenzie. Yeah, we could do that. So Dalvin and McKenzie, who becomes a kind of week-to-week slot and play guy. You know, I, I hate to give up a USC guy. You're really the, – the USC price for you here is going to be high. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that out the gate. But – uh yeah, let's let's do do Pittman and Devonta, uh, and then what's the fab price you want on the end of that? Forty fab. Ooh, you know I'm embarrassed. I use my fab very, very wisely. Um, and we'll call it thirty five, and he's got a deal. Let's call it in. All right, send it over. All right, three fake trade scenarios. Um, I thought that went pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we get to we get to do some some bear impressions on the fly as well. Um, so a reminder, this is nominally bachelor branded. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of stores here in Columbia will just, you know, licensing goes out the window. They'll just put, you know, they'll call the restaurant Mickey mouse and use Mickey mouse's face and everything. And the Walt Disney corporation has no idea. It's kind of what we're doing here. Uh, a little bit, I would say, uh, as a version Speaking of, of the Walt Disney company. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I all right. So as I as I completely lose my train of thought, this is a bachelor fake trade bachelor edition. So the winner, uh, or at least I, I keep forgetting, yeah, the favorite of the three trades, sorry, gets the bachelor rose. Is that correct? Do I finally have the exercise down? Yeah, they do. Okay. And in true bachelor fashion, you know, we are up against the zoom clock. How about we build up some anticipation after we come back from break? We'll hand out our roses, and Eric will be with us to hand out his rose as well. Love that. Coming up next, Gang Does Fantasy Podcast.
right, we are back in just fantasy podcast. The famed Eric Justin Squared is here. Okay, we just did the exercise of all the fake trade stuff, and we promised you. Reed teased it at the end. We're gonna have a special guest. Well, he's here, and welcome into the program, Eric. How are you feeling? I let's just get. We want you to hand out a rose on these trades, okay? And I gave you some look. I gave you a little bit of shade and a little bit of praise earlier in the show. I say that as someone giving shade as a one and four team. Uh, the one thing I'll always say about you, though, Eric. You're a fun person to have trade talks with. You're an active trade participant. And Reed That's and I are trying to it. get the, yeah, we're trying to get the trade, you know, uh, uh, you know, ball rolling here, so to speak, because no one's doing these blockbusters. We need you to do it. Yeah. I've been talking to people. I mean, Dalvin is on the block with my RB duck. So I'm, I'm willing to talk. I see some trades here that I, I mean, I do feel that I, have a favorite but um before we get to that uh what would what did you think of these trades i thought they were sensible all three were pretty pretty sensible on each side um i think reed did a good job of picking out you know teams of need i don't know if these match the actual teams you're having conversations with i can almost guarantee you you're not having a conversation with melfi or barra but maybe you're talking with barra but not going anywhere is that correct uh that's how it's been in the past i actually have not reached out to barra okay yet i have reached out to some of the other owners um here and there i they're called I, the governors, I, I guess governors yes is that <laughs> isn't that the nba term though it's still nfl owners yeah nfl owners yeah they're still they're still on chattel slavery they still yeah the plantation <laughs> but, yeah exactly <clears throat> um yeah, all right, interesting. I you don't have to like show your your entire hand if you don't want Eric in terms of like oh, who you're no. chatting with and who you're not, but it is good content. I am I am talking with people. At least I I have tried to talk with people. I wish people would answer their texts or their, you know, the uh chats I send them. Well, it's 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 fall wedding season for Melfi, so it's going to be a while before we get back in touch with him. So. <laughs> I was I was talking with Curtis earlier this season, and then he had to work for the hurricane, so like that was interesting. Work then, for the hurricane, like journalistically? Is that? Oh no, I guess he had some sort of hurricane, some like hurricane hours. He said, I don't know what that meant, but he said he'd be working until like three a.m. for oh, uh... like. Is he a journalist? Yeah, well, he uh he works for the news station, like filming stuff, and so he's based in Jacksonville. Okay. So they had to do a lot of stuff for Hurricane Ian. Didn't know if that's a new like promotion for the Carolina hockey team or not for Reed's boys, but uh, <laughs> no. Hurricane Hour. All right, uh, let's. You said you had some thoughts on these trades, uh, Eric. Uh, you you got to get um, out a road is... for one of them, but let's hear it. <clears throat> there is one trade that I feel really gets um really gets me what two things that I really need, which it's the block going, get, if you will. Get, yes. And it's, uh, which I want, I feel I do need a third QB for various reasons. Um, and also I need a potential number one wide receiver, at least somebody you can give me number one numbers uh, every once in a while. Like I feel my wide receiver depth is probably my weakest. It's definitely my weakest position. And the biggest issue is there's just nobody. There's a few solid guys, but nobody that can, like, you know, go off and get me 20, 25-plus points in a game here and there. And I do think the trade that I 
like that gets me both of those things is the one for um one where I have to give up a decent amount of capital. Um Dalvin, Terry McLaurin, and I'm gonna I I I guess Mackenzie or Robinson. Um I hope I can talk Melfi into Robinson. Uh, you know our version of Melfi our version of Melfi negotiated for Spud McKenzie. So that's who it's going to end up being. Sure, Spud McKenzie. And I mean, I get back a, I get back. I really would love to get Dak back in a trade. I think Dak has great potential, you know, for the end of the season. Um, or he's getting coming back in a week or two at this point. And I think, um, the Cowboys have figured something out with their offense. They figured out something that works, and hopefully that carries on when you know he comes back and is the starter again. And then I get everybody's favorite boomer bust player, Mike Williams, who I think has really become just a solid receiver in general, especially with the Keenan Allen injury. But in our league, he gets one you know forty fifty yard bomb or like a sixty yard touchdown pass from Herbert if he's allowed to throw that far. You get. You, that's already, you know, you're doing really well that week already with just one play. Um, I mean, I know I know that from experience because I had to face Gabe Davis last week, which honestly, I knew my week was done. Like, I knew my week was done basically 10 minutes into the <laughs> for, into the Sunday morning games or Sunday, the early day on Sunday. So that was not a fun fantasy day. My other, also, um, my other league. I just got to complain about this. I was up thirty points. I was up thirty points on Monday. Only play against Travis Kelsey, and yeah, that was so not a good, not a good week for me in fantasy all around. Didn't Kelsey only have like twenty eight yards too? But the four 20, touchdowns. 20, he had like twenty five yards. Um, twenty five yards, four touchdowns. I think it was a full PPR league. So. Oh God, Jesus! <clears throat> the 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 DAC timing is is interesting to me. Um, obviously, we we'll see which week it is that they they bring him back out. Um, <clears throat> did you ever have any thought or even conversations about going and getting him, you know, earlier in the injury and being like, hey, I'll I'll lean a little uh, bit of value on this trade your way by by stocking him. Uh, or did you? Could you just not afford that needing wins in the in the near term? I wanted to see how my team fared out um, over the first few weeks before, you know, giving up on or not giving up, but moving on from Dalvin. Like I like I think Dalvin as much. I th- I think he has actually potential to be a you know at least a top ten, if not like a top seven running back through the um you know through the end of the season. It seems he's always getting the touches and he's getting the uh, he's getting the passes thrown to him. But uh, unfortunately, he hasn't he hasn't had touchdowns until last week. Or I think he had like one touchdown before last week. So I think Dalvin has great potential, and I would hate to move on from him. But I really do need that both a third quarterback that um, a third quarterback that I know is going to play and start on the weeks that my other two quarterbacks can't and I need a number a potential number one wide receiver. So um that like I said, that trade really fits fits a lot of what I wanted. 
It's interesting you're phrasing it as as a third quarterback and not <clears throat> explicitly as as a Fields replacement, which I, I just am going to continue to beat this drum of you as the you know the Fields believer. He cleared two, there it is. He cleared two hundred passing yards. So finally, it's ju- it's he just a I mean, season. He would have had a fifty yard touchdown if it wasn't for a dumb holding penalty as well. So I, I you know for me stonk up it's justin fields and the oh. bears offense what does what does that mean does it just means that they aren't like going to be the worst passing offense ever but that's still stonk up i mean i'll say this i mean taylor did you see the sexy run that eric's referring to that got taken away was it mooney no, we're talking about like he had a forty-yard touchdown oh, scramble touchdown. Fifty-two yard yeah, touchdown yeah, 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 yeah. run. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no the 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 upside. I still look. I've always understood the rushing upside stuff. Um, I mean, he he has at least seven rush attempts in every single game this year. So you know the rushing is going to be there. And eventually, I mean, yeah, I don't think he scored a rushing touchdown. Okay, he had one. So he's gonna have some more rushing touchdowns too, and. I mean, I think the I think they realize they can't throw the ball like a fucking service academy. So if he's actually throwing it twenty they, times a game, I mean, they had him. I, what, I think they had eleven plays called for him out of empty, which like that's that was that's them trusting him to make the right decision. Either you know make a quick pass or run for, run or run and get a few yards. So like. I think that they are figuring out that they need to get him in the mindset to, they need to get him in the mindset to like understand that he either has to like go through like his first or second read and then run for it and like make these decisions quickly. Like I think if you've if you've watched closely, a lot of the times like especially earlier in the season, his eyes on passing plays where he was making the right decision or he was looking at the right place, but he wasn't making the decision and i think they figured out at least the last few weeks to get him to be a bit more decisive which is what he needs to be he needs to be a faster processor like his biggest thing he holds on to the the holds on to the ball gets sacked well that's because he's try. i think he's he's trying to like do the perfect move and if you do the perfect play and if you um look at how he's played the last few weeks he's been more decisive and um, he's he's he even talked about it in a post game interview on Sunday, or it might have been in one of his uh, press conferences on Monday, where he talked about like figured out like he was saying stuff. Um, when you get into the NFL, all the you see all these big fast dudes coming at you, and you want to speed it up. And he was talking about finding his own rhythm and playing within that. I think that th- those are good signs. I'll say this to your point about uh, him going and like them going with more empty looks. That's something that because you talk about he maybe is not processing as fast because the NFL is coming so fast at him. Something that you've heard, I've heard Joe Burrow talk about why Joe Burrow likes to have a spread out look is that the defense has to reveal itself a lot more. So that means that Fields can do a lot of his processing pre-snap, which kind of helps the other stuff sure. with the post game, the post snap issues. And I think the double benefit, and Taylor, you're going to love this, is that if you're spreading it out more, that means there's more opportunities to put Darnell Mooney in the slot. And he played in the slot a lot more against the Vikings than he had 
maybe I think maybe in his whole career. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he had his most productive day. Because if you're putting Mooney against anyone in the slot, he's going to get open a lot. And it's not just he had those big plays, but I mean, he had a wide open touchdown that I don't know if Fields was wrong or Mooney was wrong. I guess there's maybe a little miscommunication. There was a miscommunication. I wasn't sure who had the wrong play, but that was actually the same exact play, or maybe the reverse, but basically the same exact play that he got the moon, the Mooney bomb happened on as well. Right. So, you know, yeah. and Mooney is one of their only good receivers. So if you're putting him in a good position, that can only be benefits. So, so I agree. I mean, I think Fields' stock's going pretty up. You hopped into exactly what I was going to touch on, Reed, which is the Mooney thing. I wanted some confidence, some some positivity from Mooney, uh, from Eric. And, you know, at, at times this year, we've talked a couple times, you've seemed like you're still on board because you're still on board with Fields. I just, my whole thing with Mooney was always, you know, young quarterback hopefully this is just one of those receivers where every snap he's just looking for him and early in the year that wasn't really the case it increasingly seems like at the slot comment is a good you know a, a good mention from reed obviously he finally finds a bomb as of now i'm slotting him in and i'm trying him tonight so i don't know if if you want Let's to talk about that or that secondary that could that's a good I think that's a good choice versus that secondary. I wanted you to talk me out of it, so that's not what I wanted, Eric. But there we go. I'm, <laughs> I, I think there have been undeniable signs that, like I said, undeniable signs of progress with the offense. I thought it would be a further along now than it is, but I think every week there has been progress. Definitely was a bit worrisome, like through week three, but it's progress and. I, I do think that um, Justin Fields is smart enough and a talented enough athlete to figure it out. As long as, it, and also like, you gotta remember it's a first time head coach, first time play caller. I think Getsy also, both of them are sort of figuring out as well. Like, um, Flus, my biggest concern through four weeks was I thought he would always do the conservative decision, always take the safe bet, always take the field goal. Well, he proved to he proved to me on um, Sunday, this past Sunday, and no, there are times that he will take the fourth down, fourth or to go for the fourth down conversion. We'll go for the two point conversion. Uh, so, I think you there. I think you've seen uh, them learning what they need to do to you know both. It's a weird balancing act over trying to win as a team, but also putting Justin Fields in his best spot. All right. Good analysis there. So the Rose, to just to finalize, the Rose goes to whom? The Which first trade? trade, the one for the Dak Prescott. I want Dak Prescott. I want Mike Williams. I mean, especially with Justin Herbert as well. I always right, love I always Let's make love this one happen the, in, in real life. Yeah, Melfi, if you're listening, or yeah, Melfi, if you're listening, uh, there's a trade for there's a trade out there. You get a you get a you know potential top seven running back. So top seven running back, and if you really want McKenzie, you we can figure it out. Well, I think something worth. I would hate to lose a piece of the um, Bills' offense. Well, I think something that's worth noting from this is that. If you just look at, I mean, Melfi's basically, I mean, he's been playing without Dak since week one. So if you just look, and it's not at this point, at this point, he cannot bench Geno Smith. 
which sounds crazy, but like right now you have to start Mahomes and Geno. Yep. And if that's the case, I mean, he's effectively from what his team has been since week one, he's effectively trading Mike Williams and 15 fab for Dalvin scary Terry and Isaiah McKenzie. So in that respect, he's getting better at running back and he's getting deeper at wide receiver. And McKenzie, I, McKenzie is going to get more. I think he's just his stock. His stock's going to go up because Jamison with the Jamison Crowder injury, he's basically full time now. I'm slotting him in this week. So do we do we think there's a market for Gino? Just thinking about Melfi for a second. I mean, I don't want to go too. Oh, oh God, yeah. You but but me? like what? But but compared to what he is, right? Like, do we think that people are still undervaluing him? Because like, again, like in these trades, we notice Dak is the guy, and you make up, a, you bring a, up a good point, Reed. Like he's been playing without Dak, right? So like he would be more comfortable maybe to put that into a trade. Um, I just don't know. Gino's been awesome. He's been what QB five? We outlined it on the show. Like he's been unbelievable. I just don't know if people are necessarily there yet. I think the three of us are. I don't know if that's the league consensus. I don't even know if people are real I, really realize yet how good Gino has been. To be honest. Mahomes and Gino is probably the second best QB duo right now outside of my uh, brother's of QB yeah, duo. Outside of Dan. Yeah, exactly. You know exactly what's interesting right. is that, that if, you look, if you look at the top six quarterbacks this year, this year, they're all on three one of three teams. Daniel has two of them, Melfi has two of them, and then Lamar and Derek Carr. So Nick has two of them. Wow. Crazy. It is crazy because then you go to the other end of of the quarterback situations like mine and mine in isolation. (laughs) I mean, there are some rough QB situations if you compare them to those kind of top-heavy teams. So, Um, All right, let's want to pick the matchups. Anything else you want to touch on here, Reed? Oh, I was going to ask Taylor. I mean, Taylor, we got to give out our rose. Oh, we get to give a rose? Yeah. Which which trade do you want to give out? I'm interested what trade you want. Uh, can you go first read? I got to pull up the email again. I don't hang on. Okay. Um, it's pretty tough between the Melfi one and the, the Shannon one. I don't, the Barrow one, I just don't really see happening. I don't see them agreeing on a, I don't know that necessarily Pittman or Devonta Smith or a true wide receiver one that Eric would be looking for. I agree with that. That's why I, that is sort of, um, I definitely agree with that. So, you know, I think you'd be adding, like, your wide receiver, you can find some depth wide receivers. I, I trust you to do that. I don't think that really changes your fortunes a whole lot. Um, not, that, not that it doesn't make your wide receivers better. So I think that one I'm the least interested in. Um, from looking at it from both perspectives, if I'm Melfi, I'm... I think Melfi could talk himself into thinking he could do a little bit better for the DAC trade. I'm not necessarily sure he can. Because you can't really do a quarterback for a skill player straight up and it really work out in your favor. I think I actually think this trade is one that I think that one really does make a whole lot of sense for both sides. But just for the sake of creativity, I'll go with the Shannon trade because I think that one helps both sides too, where you'd get a legit wide receiver one and you'd instantly upgrade a tight end wherever it may be is not dependable week to week. You know, if you're if you're sliding in Kittle and Mike yep. Evans, you're definitely improving. And especially if you're getting some fab or something on top. I think that one is worth exploring. So I'll give my rest. I, I agree. Even if you think the field stonk is dramatically going up, which you do, Eric, I I still think, I mean, Reed and I touched on it at the beginning of the show. 
quarterback value has never been higher in this league. We already know this is a, a, a league that values quarterbacks more than any fantasy league you'll ever see. It's gone up even more this season. Getting a guy like Dak, I think, is a different type of value compared to some of the other individual players here on offer. Now, the issue with that trade, you know, I know this isn't part of the exercise, but it's who's doing it, right? Like, good luck getting in touch with Melfi, getting the conversation happening. Good luck, right? And I would say the same thing about Barra. I actually have a lot more confidence in Melfi in Melfi pulling off these trades than I do Barra. Um, the Shannon one, I agree. I, I think we all have the same depth chart in terms of that one being the second. Um, there are some interesting aspects of it. Uh, the Kittle, I don't know where you're at on on getting a, a tight end in general and improving that uh, position, Eric, and, and where you're at in general on George Kittle because it feels like you can still get Kittle for a kind of buy low thing. My only thing there is, especially having talked with Shannon, feels like he might be able to get Kittle off of him for not that much. So that would be the only thing I'd say about, you know, if it is Kittle specifically on that trade, Sure. I, I think it makes sense for both parties. I think you could also just in isolation be like, hey, Shannon, you want to get rid of Kittle? Like, let's do something kind of easy for you. Right. That's the only thing I'd say. I'll have to look into that. I I mean, I think Everett for me, like, yeah, he's probably does not going to have as high highs as Kittle or Hawkinson. I'm not as interested in Joku. I think and Joku and Everett are pretty like on the same level. But um, I think Kittle definitely as Jimmy D's safety valve. Um, that's definitely w- would have me the most interested out of those three. I have a hot take on the tight ends coming up later in the preview section. Oh, and that is a good page turner as we move to picking the games. Any other final thoughts on the bachelor segment before we move on? The Rose, it was I'm, fun. Giving it, I'm giving it to Eric Melfi. You're giving it to Eric Melfi. You're giving it to Eric Shannon Reed, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to see one of these trades happen, though. I mean, look, let's get on the phone with Melfi. Let's make this happen. Because, I mean, this sounds Melfi this week. I'll this week. And I appreciate you I'll... donating, donating your, your body for science as it is, Eric, uh, donating your segment here as we, as we try to break down, <laughs> break down your team and try to figure something out. So thank oh, you. That's funny. You let me, uh, you let me talk about Justin Fields for like, five plus minutes so yeah it's always a good time it's what our listeners want. what our listeners want let's let's go bears bear down have a good one all right buddy take it easy moving on we want to pick these matchups and get out of here let's do it all right i'm gonna start with mine just because that's how it shows up i think it only shows up first because it's my team but uh alcoholics anonymous versus baby don't hurts me everyone loves a one v ten matchup top team in the league against the worst team in the league i will just Remind folks, I am not the worst team in terms of points scored. I'm actually only the third worst team in terms of points scored right now. One of the teams that's worse than me was just on the program. Unfortunately, that's not how we do this. It's based on win-loss, so I got to get more wins in the column. Got a big one last week, uh, just barely kissing 170. It's kind of where I've been this year when things go well and a lot worse when things go south. This week, I, the one positive for me, Reed, here this week is um, – I don't, I have a, a decent amount of bye week luck going my way compared to some of the other teams. In fact, I have a ton of bye week luck going my way. Um, Baby Don't Hurts Me doesn't have a ton of guys that he's going to be missing, but he will be missing, crucially, J Rob, T Higgins, and there was someone, oh, Devontae Adams. Oh, I'm well, sorry, Devontae, he, won't, he won't be missing J Rob or T Higgins. It's just Devontae, right? So, yeah, Devontae's the only one on bye. 
So just Devonte, uh, he's not missing too many guys anyway. He can afford to miss a few. Currently, at time of recording, he's at a 64% projection, but he doesn't have a kicker in there yet. So you can probably bump that up a little bit. The computers are giving him about 94 points and change. One, sorry, it'd be awesome if they were giving him 94. 194 points and change. As we say, it's the best quarterback team in the league. It's just a stacked roster up and down. I think it's a really stacked roster, both short-term and long-term, which is a rarity in this league. Uh, going up against me with a 172 point projection, you know, there's, there's a couple of things I want to get into here, but we can go to you first read. It's a one V 10, you know, everyone's going to pick in theory, baby, don't hurts me. I told you after getting the win, you know, all right, move, moving on. Let's focus on the week after this one, but you seem to think maybe this one's up in the balance a little bit more. Do you have any, any argument, any argument for the biggest upset of the season happening here? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you look at Jalen Hurts going up against that Cowboys defense right now. He's projected for just under 27 points. You know, this, if Jalen Hurts is going to have a down week, this is probably one that you'd look to where maybe, you know, maybe this is like a three, like a five point week for Jalen Hurts. Maybe that happens. Uh, and the flip side is Josh Allen will probably have a 70 point game going up, going up against the chiefs, but, but maybe a lot of those points come to Stefan Diggs. And I also, I think that right now the projections are seriously underrating Alec Pierce, who, I mean, I, you know, I talked about on the newsletter last week. I am really high on Alec Pierce. I think he looks fantastic. Uh, And there, I mean, he's actually, he's outperformed Michael Pittman when they've been on the field together so far, which is kind of amazing. And I'm not saying necessarily that's going to keep going up, going to continue, but Alec Pierce has had 16 points in two consecutive weeks. Even if he has a down week, you know, he's projected for just over eight. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be in double digits at minimum. Um, I don't love the Curtis Samuel matchup tonight. So, so yeah, I, I think it, I don't think it'll be closer than the experts think, even if I do think Daniel gets the win. Just on Pierce really quick. I mean, I, I've watched Matt Ryan my whole life. The dude loves a safety blanket. And it felt before this season like Pierce was, you know, very, potentially very low floor, high upside deep, deep down the field kind of guy. It was really promising the last couple of games, how he and Matt Ryan connected, getting involved in some shorter passes, getting involved in just those kind of check downs, those, Hey, I need to get it to someone. The fact that he's looking to Pierce, you just look at Matt Ryan's eyes. He's looking to Pierce constantly. Look at how many snaps Pierce is getting. I don't think it's crazy that he will out get, uh, that he will out target Pittman by the end of the season. I don't know if he'll out snap him. I don't know when they figure this thing out, but Pierce and Ryan are actually one of the few kind of when it's happened, I understand early in the season this wasn't going on, but the last two, two, three weeks, that's been one of the only consistent pieces of this offense. Everything else is very jagged all over the place. So I agree with you. I think that's going to end up being a 15-point projection player by the end of the season. Uh, I think he could very well be, if you don't want to call him a true wide receiver one, fair. He's right there with Pittman by the end of the season. I absolutely love that pickup, and I agree with you. He's being undervalued. I also think, look, you're still getting the Jacoby low numbers. Um, I don't think he'll destroy it especially you have this you know there's this whole narrative about like belichick against the browns right there's this whole thing of course jacoby has played for him as well all that stuff's gonna be happening this week it could be a rough week for jacoby but they keep giving him these 13s every week and he surpassed it four weeks in a row now so he's fairly reliable the rushing stuff hasn't maybe had the upside that you would have hoped for uh he did have a rushing touchdown a couple of weeks ago i do think that's an undersell as well 
The problem is, you know, Najee, it feels weird to say 15 is too much for him at this point. I'm going to put him out there at least one more week, but some very concerning signs for him. The fact that he's getting this much volume and still being this unproductive is very worrying for the rest of the season for him. So they keep giving him a, a little bit of leeway based on last year. You could maybe take a minus 10 off of that projection if things go south again. Like I say, I'm going to try him again. I thought about maybe even just completely benching him and going Carter. It's not out of the question, but I think you still have to trust the volume is going to be there for Najee. Got to try it one more week. We'll see what happens there. Um, you know, I think it's a good point on Allen's digs. You want the receiver, not the quarterback when you're going head to head like that. And, you know, Diggs is one of the best players in fantasy. So obviously he and Eckler are going to continue to need to put up those. I I don't think I'm going to have many wins as the roster is currently assembled without those guys putting up 40 burgers. So I'll probably need big games from them in this spot to keep it close. Um, I think top to bottom, it's fair enough. I think I plugged and played in the flex spots fairly well. I think wide receiver three is coming down to the wire. I need to get out of this podcast and get into the research notes a little bit to really make sure I want to go with Mooney. Um, I do think it'll be a little bit. I don't even know if I want to say it's going to be closer. I actually think these projections are fair enough. Um, I think I'll be in the one seventies. He's put up some monster games this year. I agree with you. You know, maybe this is the week you see Hertz struggle a little bit. Um, I guess the only argument for me is really, you know, if he doesn't put up 250, maybe I can keep it close. But uh, I will predict that the high scorer of the week in this matchup is Ramondre Stevenson against the Browns' shitty defense, just like Austin Eccles was last week. I would absolutely love the uh, the Browns to get down get down considerably early in that game and have Jacoby try to do some Jacoby things. I guess so. That would work out for me. I'm saying uh, a Falcoholics loss. You're saying a Falcoholics loss, although closer than the experts think. And we'll move on. All right. Going into our next matchup. It's a number two versus a number four. Mr. Big Chase against the anti-Vaxonville Jaguars at time of recording. And there's going to be a couple of shifts here, I believe. It's a 65% projection favorite for your brother, Mr. Big Chase at 189 and change against 165 and change. So I just do a cursory check to make sure some of these things might not uh, shift as he sets his lineup. Looks like this is going to be pretty much it. They're giving Antonio Gibson a tiny number uh, mm-hmm. tonight. We we spent a decent portion of the pod kind of bashing the, the macro value of Gibson right now. Maybe still in the short term he can do something, but that is a really small number. Um, you know, the receivers, he's still getting good projections. And then we talked on the, talked about the Brady stuff earlier. Maybe Mr. Big Chase is finally getting his quarterbacks going again. Where are you at on this matchup, Reed? I, I just think this is a schedule loss for Curtis. I think Curtis has a really strong team top to bottom now with the emergence of Josh Jacobs. I mean, the, the combination of Jacobs and Henry is as good as any running back duo in the league right now. And I think that Curtis has as good of a wide receiver core as any team in the league. But I mentioned that running back duo, both of those guys are on bye. So no Jacobs, no Derrick Henry and Tyree kill. It's, you know, two is out for another week at least. And it's going to be look like it's going to be Skylar Thompson. So I think Tyreek not going to be quite as effective. So I just think going up against Jack, I think Jack's got this W here. Well, you know, Wentz could be a smaller number than it is. He's gone 25 plus in three of his games. So uh, I don't, the matchup obviously maybe not great. Um, <clears throat> 
Yeah, I I agree. This is a tough spot in terms of the buys. We're gonna this is gonna be an increasingly common theme the next you know few weeks as we're into the buys. Um, sometimes you get really bad buy luck. Sometimes you get good luck. Sometimes they're spread out through the year. There's not a whole lot you can do on that beyond maybe figuring out your quarterbacks. But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, he has two of the top five running backs in fantasy. It's gonna hurt when you can't play those guys. As far as the other side with Mister Big Chase, um, you know, I I, I outlined some of the Brady stuff. Obviously, Chubb is RB one on the season. Cordero seventeen. No one else in the top twenty five. The AJ Dillon decisions week to week or something to look out for with him. But uh, yeah, I think this is all about the buy math. I'm gonna go Big Chase as well. Make it make it boring there as we have full agreement again. All right, the six versus eight. Ben's walking boots against Justin Squared. We just had Justin Squared on the program. We talked about some hypothetical trades for him involving potentially uh, Dalvin Cook. Right now, he's a favorite against Ben's walking boots at 177 to 172. This one projects to be very, very close right now. There are already some some small numbers on the other side for Nick that – you know, I, I think you can make the argument either way on those, but they're the small numbers no matter what. Um, I, go ahead, Reed. I, I got to pull up my notes here, but I think this one's projecting to be close, though. Yeah, I do think that it's worth noting that right now Jonathan Taylor is projected to be in and over 20 points. I don't think that Jonathan Taylor is going to play this week, and that's going to be a factor for Jack as well because he got Deion Jackson the handcuff uh, for Jonathan Taylor. So, I think, you know, if there's no Jonathan Taylor, Amon Ross St. Brown is on by. Those are two of Nick's three best players. Derek Carr's on by as well. So he's rolling with Zach Wilson against a pretty good, well, maybe the Packers defense isn't good. I, I hope they're good because I'm starting them this week. Um, I think this is a, a really good spot for Eric to get back into the swing of things and get himself back to three and three. So I think Eric's got going to get the W just because of the, the bye week stuff. Yeah, I mean, outside of Amon Ra, um, uh, the receivers are pretty weak on this team in general. And and you've got it now the Amon injury stuff and now into the bye. I mean, him, him having a Lions heavy team in general, this is a tough way. This is another bye math week, I, I feel like, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I'll give Eric a slight edge. He is now last in points in the league, by the way. Um, he is. You know, you look at the running back situation is good. I don't like any really part of his receiver deal. You're going to, you seem to be a little bit more optimistic on the Christian Kirk stuff uh, in terms of that offense going forward. Uh, as far as this matchup this week, I don't know. But, uh, you know, obviously Garrett Wilson has been a concern as well. So th this one could still go south. I mean, Eric's team still feels to me a little bit outside of the running backs. Like things can go pretty south in a hurry. Uh, in some of these matchups. So, you know, that's absolutely the truth, the truth for Nick's team this week as well, missing a lot of guys. So this would, it wouldn't shock me if this is the lowest combined score this week. Um, for sure. I'm going to give us a, a slight edge to Eric though. Cool. We'll, we'll know by the time this podcast is out because Thursday night football having fields in Montgomery. All right. Really fast. Uh, what are we missing? Dennis system country road takes my home. That's the Dennis system as a seven seed country road. Take my homes as a nine seed. You've kind of been on this, like, actually, Melfi's a lot better than his record train. Do you think he finally picks up another win this week, or did the buys hurt him? Because it looks like this is another tough buy spot uh, in this case for Melfi. Uh, I think he'll get the W. I think he's got enough guys to slot in, like Tyler Lockett could replace Brandon Cooks. I mean, Tyler Lockett should have been in this lineup for the last month, and he just hasn't started him. Um, you know, I think pretty good matchups with, with Gino going up against Arizona. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a big – 
big scoring game between the Chiefs and the Bills, so pretty good game for Juju and uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I, I just don't like the running back situation for Shannon at the moment. I'd like to go against you. Shannon, second lowest point total in the league. I think he's one of the few teams that is actually worse than mine right now in terms of how it's currently assembled. Uh, yeah, I mean, Melfi's going to have to figure some things out. So hopefully he gets some nudges to do that in the next couple of days. But uh, I would probably lean there as well. I think that'll be close, though. I think that'll be close. All right. Uh, two minutes, two-minute drill. It's your team, Reed. Yves Saint Laurent says a five seed going against winning as a breeze, who's a three seed, but the second highest point total in the league coming into this one. Uh, see if anyone, so you don't have a tight end in right now and you're still at 38% chance. What do you feel about this week? Obviously you have to bring Jimmy G in. Uh, you have some buy concerns just across the board. Uh, no golf, no Pierce, which Pierce has been massive for you. Uh, after, so that's going to be. Well, after bear shit on him, after yeah. he kept on shitting on that selection, now he looks fantastic. Um, so it will suck to lose Damian Pierce, but, uh, the tight end slot, I think Kyle Pitts will be back. I'm just waiting for Mac Jones to be IR eligible to switch him out. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about this week, right? The projections are not in my favor, but I think the projections right now, I mean, he has Michael Thomas in. I don't think Michael Thomas is going to play. I don't think he's going to play at all. The projections are overrating Clyde. He's just Clyde is, uh, is not going to be that for much longer. Uh, they're overrating Matt Ryan, overrating Matt Stafford. YSL is getting the W baby. I, we're in full agreement on the picks here because it is very simple. I'll do this in less than 60 seconds. You start Matt Ryan and fantasy, you deserve to lose. So there we go. Congrats on the loss, Mr. Barra. Congrats on the win, Yves Saint Laurent. That's all we got. Zoom clocks against us. We did three Zoom clocks of this. Hopefully someone listens. We appreciate you if you do. If you made it this far, we really appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Chat. If I dip, you dip, if I dip, you dip, I dip. If I dip, you dip, if I dip, you dip, I dip. If you dip, I dip, if you dip, I dip, you dip.